Welcome to the Small Scale Life Podcast. Welcome to the Small Scale Life Podcast. I'm your host, Tom. Well, welcome, everybody. Hope you've been having a great week. Uh, this is coming out a little later than I thought. It's just been really, really super busy lately here at Small Scale Life at the ranch and across Wisconsin. And we'll get into that in just a minute. But my question to you is, have you ever had a hell week where everything was just a disaster? You're under pressure with deadlines looming and little time to regroup and attack the next project or issue. I've been there. How did you handle it? I'm really curious. Last week, that was my story. I had my own version of Hell Week last week. It was brutal. And uh, I can summarize it with one simple word exhausting. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. A lot happened last week at work and in the basement. It took me away from the podcast from Small Scale Life. I just didn't have the time or energy to post podcasts, videos, blogs, or much of anything. And now that I put some distance between today and Hell Week last week, I can develop some thoughts on how I will deal with those future projects, obligations, and events. In retrospect, it was a good reminder that I need to continue to focus on developing methods and systems to help me live a small-scale life, and hopefully some of my suggestions will help you out too. So in case you're new to small-scale life, we are all about simple living. We're all about gardening, a little bit of urban homesteading, and having some adventures along the way. We're certainly glad you're here today. We had a great August. We've had a really good September, even though the content has not, uh, has not, it hasn't been a target, a content-rich environment this month, just trying to scramble finishing up this basement project and everything else. But we are sure glad you're here. You have a lot of choices out there in the world, a lot of opportunities, a lot of stuff to look at. There's a lot of stuff happening in the world, but we're glad you're spending some time with us. So thank you very much. We do appreciate you listening to us, reading our posts, and being part of our Small Scale Life family. So thank you for for listening. In case you want to support Small Scale Life, we have a couple ways you can do that. We do have an Amazon link where you can click that. I'm going to have a resource page up on smallscalelife.com. You can get an immediate link into our Amazon store. We also have kit.com slash smallscalelife. That is kind of a, a essentially a filter for, for Amazon. These are some things that we use around our house, things that we like to use. Feel free to check those out and there's uh, I put some new stuff up there and uh, check those things out you know and and maybe maybe you'll see something that you want to you want to use in your own life in your own house in your own garden so check that out uh, we also have the simply canning class over at uh, Sharon Peterson at simplycanning.com she's got her uh, canning for beginners uh, canning basics class there so if you want to learn how to preserve your harvest preserve the stuff you're growing in your garden or at the farmers market feel free to check that out I mean a lot of people are scared to do it. They don't, they've never canned before. They've never used a water bath canner. They've never used a pressure canner. I'm still there. Haven't used that pressure canner. So I need to take that class too. I'm in there and I would recommend that you join us too. We're going to have Sharon on here in the near future to talk about that canning class. So enough of the advertisements. Let's just jump into it. You know, it was crazy last week. Um, you know, as I mentioned at the start, I named last week Hell Week. It was it was it was just it had everything. It had everything. And for those of you who don't know what Hell Week is, there is a definite definition of Hell Week. What is it? It's um, I 
I took that term. It's it's a basic military, or well, it's a it's a military training term. And for those of you who've been in the military or, or have studied military, you you probably know what Hell Week is. So Hell Week, the de- the real definition is the defining event of SEAL buds training. So when this, when young warriors are going into um, SEALs, they will go into buds training. And Hell Week is is the ultimate test. Hell Week tests physical endurance, mental toughness, pain and cold tolerance, teamwork, attitude, and your ability to perform work under high physical and mental stress and sleep deprivation. So this is this is a serious week. Uh, they, the uh, instructors do knock out a lot of the BUDS um, trainees at this point because it is really tough to make it through this. Above all, it, detests, it tests determination and desire. On average, only 25% of SEAL candidates make it through Hell Week, and it's the toughest training in the U.S. military. So we don't, our country does not take everybody into SEALs. You have to qualify, you have to be tough, and you have to survive the Hell Week and all the other training that's involved in BUDS training. So it's a, it's a, it's aggressive, it's intense, and I've never done it myself. Uh, I know some folks who have tried, and uh, it is seriously intense. Uh, and that source, that's from the actual SEALs website that where they define it themselves. So, I, of course, of course, of course, I'm being very dramatic about my week last week. My hell week was vastly different than our young warmer warriors swimming in the cold Pacific, carrying boats on their heads, doing log PT, sit-ups, push-ups, rolling in the sand, slogging through the mud, paddling boats, and doing surf passage. I did not do any of that, so don't... <laughs> don't, uh, don't hang me for that. But what's... But... Um, you know, there's there's a lot that happened last week, and it was more, you know, my hell week was more of a battle against time and work deadlines, coupled with traveling and finishing the basement project. There was just, you know, it was just a different, totally different scale, totally different, uh, totally different kind of week than what our, our SEAL warriors are doing. But for me, it was tough. It was grueling, and it was tough. I put a lot of pressure on myself to hit the deadlines and get this basement project further along get it almost done and for me it was my own hell week and I'm glad that it's over I think looking back I can say I learned some things along the way and we'll talk about that here so let's talk a little bit about what made last week my own personal hell week so it started um it started on the weekend of the 15th uh really started with the basement project that has been an ongoing project since we took Ryan back to school, my youngest son back to school, college, uh, in late August. And we've been working on this project for a little over a month. Um, for those of you who have been part of the Small Scale Life Facebook group, um, you know that I listed that weekend my three things were finishing the drywall in the basement, mudding the walls, and then getting on the road. And on Saturday and Sunday, focused on finished cutting and placing all that drywall. So we've been building a wall, just for those who are new, we've been building uh, a, a room downstairs. And uh, that that's where Danny, my, my oldest son Danny and Savannah will be with, with Karma the Wonder Dog. So we're trying to make it nice. We're trying to give them some privacy down there. Give us an extra room here at the small house and give us more flexibility. Who knows? That might be the small scale life podcast studio once in the future sometime. But it'll be a nice uh, bedroom. It's got heat. It's got new walls. And it really has taken down three quarters of our basement. 
it's it's we have uh, a quarter of it is the laundry room, which we can't totally close off and fill with stuff. We got to have clean clothes, right? A quarter of it is storage, which has is overloaded with stuff. And then half the basement is undergoing this renovation project. Some of it's a living room. And then the other part is this extra, extra room. So um, we've been working on it. We've been doing the framing, the insulation, the wiring, uh, added some heat, painting, um, and then, of course, the, the drywall. And so I, I, I've, been working on all, I've been working on all the framing. I did a little bit of electrical, um, now putting up the drywall. And I, it was my job to get this drywall up, get all of it cut, get all of it in place, and uh, then do some detailing corrective work around some outlets. You know, I cut the outlets a little too wide, so I had to patch those up a little bit. Uh, I tried to put some drywall up in the laundry room just to double sheath the wall that uh, that goes to a closet to the new room and the laundry room just ran out of material. So, you know, I just pitched it and decided we weren't going to go that step. So once the walls were complete, I put mud over the screws and cleaned up the area. And that was really important. Um, I was pretty tired at the end of all that, but I did, uh, I do have another little project that I was doing at the same time. I have a secondhand Weber, Weber grill, 22 inch Weber grill. It's the classic Weber grill. Um, during little breaks while all the drywall and the cutting and all the detail work was happening, I did take some parts that I'd purchased, uh, and fixed up the secondhand Weber grill. And that was pretty cool. So the handles were all dry rotted out. And uh, and I was missing an ashtray below the main kettle portion of the grill. So, um, <clears throat> you know, there's a couple things I need to do next season probably to finish the upgrades, including replacing the grills, uh, the grates on the grill. And then another handle needs to be replaced, too. I noticed after I got this done that it was there's another handle that's dry rotted out. Um, so then I replaced this handle. I'll write another little article about it because it was kind of a fun little project. Nice. Uh, the handle was actually a little bit of work. It has rivets and I had to drill out the rivets and get this all together. So, um, but it, it was a nice little project. Gave me a sense of pride. I don't have to use oven mitts to take off the, the top of the grill anymore. Um, you know, it's really nice that you can make a couple simple upgrades to an old classic um, grill and keep something working for a long time. And, and, you know, we'll keep this going as long as it can. There are some spots that are rusted on it, but you know, if we take care of these things, it'll be here for a lot longer. So, like, uh, like there's some advertisements going on going on around here. Why buy new when you can slightly fix things up and and use something that you already own? Why not do that? So we need to use our resources wisely, which is one of Small Scale Life's core principles. So that was kind of a nice little project. Again, I'll have a little article on that. Um, just to show you, hey, maybe inspire you to clean up your grill a little bit here as we roll into fall or, or maybe kick off next spring. You can start to plan on that. So once all that was done, I hit the road. I got on the road. Sunday, I packed up and uh, hit the road. Uh, I was heading to Wisconsin for three days, had some work to do in central Wisconsin. Um, I traveled to Stevens Point area in central Wisconsin um, to do some do some work things, meet up with some people and do some work things. And I took my what was kind of nice is I did take some time as I drove over there and I took a lot of pictures. The sun was the sunset was fantastic and I was uh, shooting it along the way. So I'll uh, I'll post some pictures up of that trip. I had some really good stuff. 
that uh, that you can check out. So on Monday, I was tired from working over the weekend, and then I was also stayed up late catching up with my brother and sister-in-law deep into the night. But I hit the day running, and I did a lot of driving. Uh, yeah, a lot of driving. And finally connected with my colleagues and got some work done in the field. It was uh, it was a long day. We got a lot done. So Monday came and went. Tuesday started uneventfully. But then I got an email from work that sent my world spinning. Uh, they There was a deadline that um, I had on Friday, which coupled with some other deadlines that I had, and I suddenly had a lot of work to get done in a short amount of time. And I was in the field until Wednesday, and then I had to travel home. So time was short. Time was really short, and I had three big deadlines. I figured I could get it all done, but I just knew that I had a ton of work to do, and it was going to be a lot of, it was going to be a stressful couple days. It was just, it just was going to be stressful. So I had deadlines on Friday, um, like I said, on more than one task. By the end of the week, it was just going to be a whirlwind. I was going to be flying trying to do this stuff. And I braced myself mentally. I had, you know, it's, I was being taken back to those days as a consultant where I had usually too much on my plate and too little time to do it in. And uh, it was just that old, familiar, sick feeling that I used to get when I had all these deadlines dooming, uh, looming, dooming. Yeah, Freudian slip there. So I got, you know, I would always get this feeling, you know, when I had some big deadlines approaching. And I just knew that I had to buckle in and get this done. I would spend late hours uh, into the night at the office trying to push and get the stuff done. So based on that email, I just knew that I couldn't miss these deadlines, so I prepared myself with with what was going to happen next. So I completed my work on a rainy Wednesday and hustled home. You know, I was working on the way there, on the way back, taking some phone calls from colleagues, you know, answering questions after a three now a three and a half hour drive, basically said hello to everybody. And I actually started working on the assignments on Wednesday night. And on Thursday, I just hit the ground running. I was like, uh, I was like fists of fury, just <laughs> blazing through stuff. And I just knew that I wasn't going to have any time to post, um, to post anything on small scale life. I, I mean, I just, this was total gazelle intense to focus on this project and I had to fly and get it all done. So there was just no way to, to get podcasts or videos or blog posts done. It was just, it was total focus on the work at hand. So I told this, the small scale life Facebook group, uh, the members in there that I just wouldn't be able to post anything. And, um, you know, there's just no way given the priorities and deadlines that were ahead of me. So I put in 14 hours of work on Thursday Completed the first project and emailed it away uh, that that evening, uh, but really there wasn't any time to relax, so I got some sleep. I had two more things to do for Friday, two more deadlines on Friday. I reloaded and then just jumped right into it on Friday. Um, I I got up early, started hammering on those projects, and by the end of workday, I had emailed them off and got everything complete. And to where they were supposed to go by the close of business. So that was good. That was good. I It took a lot of work, a lot of focused intensity, but I could finally take a deep breath once I sent those final emails. Um, the sad thing was I couldn't relax because guess what? We were back in the basement last weekend. So the weekend of the 22nd came and uh, got the work projects done, but didn't rest too long. We had friends coming over last Friday night, so we actually entertained at the small house. We had some, uh, you know, part of Operation Outreach. We had some friends coming over. We had a friend come in from Chicago, uh, but 
we had to get the house clean, so I worked on cleaning the bathroom. I also cut the lawn. It had been a while since we cut the lawn, so I got that done. And uh, it was really fun having our friends over. We got to laugh a little bit and, and have a few cocktails, which was kind of nice. Um, Friday ended, and I got uh, I got up, got that half-mile swim in, right? Part of the Dom 100 project. More on that later. And when I got home, the old trapper was working already. So... Uh, he was working on the basement already, so it was time to hit the project again. I got my old ancient boombox radio from high school. Yeah, I still got some of that old junk around, but it it still works. You know, it's got a tape cassette player. I know for some of you youngins, you don't know what that is, but it's an old boombox. And uh, you know, we popped on the Gophers football game and um, listened to that. So the old trapper, Julie's dad, and I started working on sanding and mudding uh, the drywall in the basement and touching up some things. So it was another full day of work. Um, We did, Julie and I did have a chance to go out Saturday night, and that was a lot of fun. Um, (laughs) We drank out of a glass boot. I I lost a a drinking contest with the head waiter at the restaurant. And uh, anyway, it was a good time. It was a lot of fun. And Sunday... um, we cleaned everything up, got some trim at the big box store and did some finishing work. Uh, the old trapper and I, we hung the door and nailed it into place. And that was kind of an interesting process, hanging doors. Um, they're, they're finicky because you don't want them to bind. You want them to be in the right spot. You want everything to look good. So uh, we got that into place. And I built a, a cupboard out of scratch uh, for the electrical box and got everything ready to paint. So while this was happening... Danny and Julie took the lead and started painting, uh, priming the walls of the new room. So, yeah, we're at the painting stage, everybody. So this is pretty cool. With the project, the end of the project is in sight. But, uh, you know, after all of this, cra- this crazy week, this crazy hell week, and all the intense activity and the and for my job, for the basement project, I was just exhausted. I was like a walking a zombie. On, on Sunday, I was supposed to podcast with Michael Bell, do another Bell cast, catch up with him. Um, but I just I had to I had to reschedule. I was exhausted. I collapsed in bed on Sunday afternoon uh, from like 430 to 630. I took a nap, two hour nap. And then on Sunday night, I went to bed early and slept for almost nine hours. I was just I was fried. It was uh, a load off my mind. But man. I really needed to sleep because I was exhausted. So what does this what does this all mean? I mean, I, you know, life happens, even though we're trying to create a small scale life here. Right. And reduce that stress in our lives, kind of get back to the basics, you know, live frugally, trying to minimize our footprint, minimize that stress in our lives. Guess what? Life happens. Right. Hell weeks happen. And we get extremely busy and overstretched and deadlines, obligations and events happen. They pull on us. They stress us out. They overload us. Um, You know, as my hell week is almost a week in the mirror now, I can look back on it with some introspection and figure out what I can do differently in the future to avoid these hell weeks and all that stress and all that exhaustion from occurring. So one thing I can do uh, better, one thing I need to do better, and I'm horrible at it, I'll I'll admit it. Julie's the planner and the organizer. I'm kind of um, I'm kind of like uh, chaos. (laughs) I I don't plan very well sometimes, which is odd, but um, I guess maybe I'm more the the free spirit in that regard. 
Um, but plan your calendar is one of the big things. Um, plan with your calendar, sorry. So I need to look at my workload and future planned events and put the dates on the calendar. You know, when are the deadlines due? When are these events happening? And that can be a paper calendar, Google or Outlook. I've actually got a calendar book here, which is odd, you know, and it's not a little one. It's a bigger one where you can see the whole month, but it's kind of nice to work with. I know everybody's into Google and Outlook and using electronic calendars and stuff, but for some of this, it's just easier for me to see it on paper. I guess I'm a little old school like that, but uh, I really need to start asking myself, you know, when I get an assignment, can I get the work done by that deadline with the event or the events that are scheduled? And write when those deadlines are going to happen and kind of look at it and see when you're going to be out of town or, or, you know, in the field versus home in the office and maybe and maybe adjust. You know, if the answer is no, schedule more time to complete those tasks before getting into critical crunch time. And uh, critical crunch time is that's where all the stress and the um, you get overwhelmed. That's where all that happens. But if you can plan it out a little better, you can attack it a little little differently. So attack projects over time. This is the the jab, jab, jab before you give the left hook. Um, You know, racing and rushing to get projects done is a recipe for disaster. And I know because a lot of my career as a consultant, this is what we did. I mean, we would get an assignment from uh, the client and we'd say, oh, yes, we can get that done. Oh, yes. And then we walk away and go, oh, crap, how are we going to get this done? Everybody's got to work 10, 12, 14 hour days to get it done and, and hurry up, hustle up because I have to review it early and then I'll give you comments and go through the the review and uh, re- review and revision loop. Um, you know, details are missed and the end product can get really sloppy at that point with mistakes, misspellings, you know, just slop. And, you know, by attacking projects consistently over time, you can just get a better, much, a, a much better product in the end. You know, you, you, you have time to work with it and adjust it and make it better, not just this thing full of holes and full of, um, in full of spelling errors and such. We had a, um, we had a guy come over a financial planner guy and he was working on a couple things and it was a draft. We knew it was a draft, but it was kind of funny to see it because we've all been there. He pulled out the thing, which was really helpful. It was kind of this flow chart of how things worked, but man, the, mis- the spelling mistakes in there was like, whoosh, pal, you better get this through the, uh, the review process and revise and revise it accordingly. This was pretty rough, but, uh, you know, people notice that kind of stuff. And then, and then they kind of wonder, man, did I, did I hire the right person for the job? Is this the right, you know, is this, is this what I'm always going to see? You know, you just have those kind of, you know, you never want to be in that position. You want to have a good product. So take your time, attack the projects over time. As Gary V says, jab, 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 left hook, or then give it the right hook. So, and knock it out. That's what you want to do. So, um, you know, you want that, you want to be that and you don't want to be, oh my gosh, it's rush, 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 rush at the end because you've procrastinated. And then another point is learn to say no. You know, it's it's been my experience that those who take on more and more and more work are often often overwhelmed and eventually drown in a sea of deadlines and disaster. And that that was me. I know I, I was that person. I would never tell a PM no. I would I just take everything on and I have this big stack of work and this big st- stack of stuff to do. And then I would have to stay up all night to hit deadlines. And it's not sustainable. It leads to a bunch of missed de- details, missed deadlines, sloppy work product. 
it, it's just not the way to go. And um, I remember we were going up to the Boundary Waters on a week vacation. I had two reports, actually four reports that I was working on. I cranked out two um, before we left. I was thinking about it on the whole drive. I actually stopped, and I had part of the other two done, stopped in a cafe, and I I stayed there for hours while the whole family, the extended family, went um, went to the campground or to the lodge and got set up. And here I was in a coffee shop in Ely working on, working on these two reports, and I finally got them all done and buttoned up, but it took several hours. And I was on vacation. What are we doing? You know, what are we doing? Why are we doing it? it like that? So I really, you know, sometimes it's okay to say no and tell them that that can't get done by then, or or I need more time, or no, I just can't do that project right now. I can't, I can't handle that right now. So it's it's we've all got to learn to say no sometimes. No to projects and project managers or or clients. Um, sometimes we have to say no to our spouses or kids or or family members, or parents, you know, it's going to be okay if you do. Um, You know, there's some things you have to hit, right? There's some things you have to say yes to, but there's things you don't have to, right? There's things that you can miss, Um, you know, and and taking on all this extra work, you can say no to some of that stuff. And, you know, being, it's like one of those things, if you're a little more scarce, you're more valuable, Right. If you don't just take everything on, then everybody's like, well, you're the doormat. But the doormat, you, you'll you just take it all. He'll just get it all done. I don't care. I'm going home early. He's going to take it all or she's going to take it all and get it all done. And meanwhile, that person who's taking it all and is frazzled, the person that's giving everything has gone home for you know, to pet the dog, as we used to like to say, you know, they're home petting their dog while you're going insane at the office trying to get everything done. So you got to be able to say no, every, you know, all of us have a breaking point. And I, my experience is managers, owners, um, people in charge like to push workers to that breaking point. And sometimes it's a test, right? They want to see how much you can take. Boy, can I really load them up with more and more and more and more? Can I really give them all this stuff to do? Because then I don't have to worry about it anymore. But there is a point where we all break. And you can only take on so much successfully before we hit that breaking point. You know, there's, uh, if you look at small scale life, there's a, uh, there's a, at the post on Small Scale Life, I put a, a quote in there from Clint Eastwood from the movie Magnum Force. And it's right at the end of the movie. And he's looking and he says, a man's got to know his limitations. And then I can quote Donald, the President Trump. So true. It's true. We've got to know our limitations. We've got to know when to say when. Not just drinking beer, but, you know, we've got to be able to say, no, I can't handle that. That's too much. Um, you know, I, I've got a lot of deadlines here and I just can't take any more at this point. And that's part of managing expectations too, right? And that goes with the planning and everything else. You know, sometimes managers, owners, project managers, um, people in charge assign projects with unrealistic, unrealistic deadlines. You know, they're testing you. They forgot how long it actually takes to get the thing done. They don't know. And they just throw a number on there, throw a date on there. Or maybe they've told the client this and they didn't check with you first and they don't remember or they don't think about all the other stuff you have on your plate. And they just they just take it and, and say, ah, the staff will get it done. You might actually have to tell them that you need more time or that the deliverable 
will be late given the deadline. I mean, it might not be up to the standard. It might be just a smaller, uh, it might be something less than what they were expecting because there is, there's a finite amount of time. You know, you have finite amount of time, you have finite amount of budget, and, uh, you know, there's only a finite amount of you. <laughs> so you you can't have it all, right? And that's something else that I put on here, too. It, it's really hard to do these things. It's really hard to manage expectations and say no it's when you're a people pleaser like me. Um, you, you might have to figure out how to push back and, and offer a realistic deadline or reduce the scope of the project, reduce the product, reduce or increase the budget and bring on more people. Right. That's the three. The st- three stools are, are deadline, scope and budget. You can't have all you can't have all, too much of one or your 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 stool is going to fall over. Right. Your the stool. Those are the three legs of your stool. So you've got to have the right length on each to get the job done. So, or you're going to have to add more, right? Add more time, add more people, add more budget, reduce scopes. You know, it all kind of works together. You know, it's like the Rolling Stones thing. You can't always get what you want. Sometimes you get what you need. So you really do need to manage these things, manage expectations, manage people. It's uh, something that I need to work on and continue to work on, uh, even as in my current role, in my current position. So I do need to manage those expectations. I'm curious about you. How about you? You know, um, there's some things that I'm going to do to tune up my own project delivery system, whether it's small scale life or my work um, or even these home renovation projects. You know, that's the beauty of life is that you'll probably have another opportunity to fail or course correct and attack the problem, uh, attack a similar problem again in, in the near future. You know, life is always throwing deadlines and obligations and events at us. We're always trying to manage these things. You're always going to have another chance to to succeed or fail. It's just the way life is. You know, it's never going to be, you know, it's, it's like someone once said, if, if there is no struggle, if there's no pressure, you're probably dead. If there's ultimate peace is death, right? Because there's nothing pushing against you. You're just, you're just dead. We're not dead. We're having a small scale life here, but we're definitely not dead. So we need, we'll have opportunities to attack the problem again. We'll have other opportunities to, to face these challenges, to face hell week. So the difference is how are you going to react to do things differently? And that's my question to you. How do I do have some questions for you. So have you ever had a hell week experience that changed the way you approach projects? What did you do that works? You know, because I need to learn too. I'm not, I'm not fantastic at this sometimes. I'll admit it. So, do you have advice for any other small scale life listeners about meeting deadlines and obligations? That's what I'm curious about. So, have you ever had a health week experience that changed the way you approach projects? What did you do that works? And do you have any advice for other small scale listeners about meeting deadlines and obligations? That's your assignment. That's your that's your your chance to provide input on this show. I would love to hear your feedback. So if you have any comments, advice or stories, feel free to leave a comment or send me feedback at realsmallscalelife at gmail.com or hit the contact us page on smallscalelife.com. I'd love to hear about your experience and learn from you. Like I said, I'm not perfect at this. Frankly, I suck at sometimes. And I the way that I've gotten through is by charm, personality and hustle, a lot of hustle, which sometimes is really tired us out. And hasn't worked out great, <laughs> but I'm learning. I'm learning just like you. I would love to 
I would love to hear what you do and how you do it. So feel free to share with us here. So I appreciate you. I appreciate that you're listening to us here at smallscalelife.com. And remember, we've got all kinds of social media out there. You know, the way you help this this podcast, the way you help us grow is to share this with friends and uh, with your family, friends, uh, people you know. That would be great. Feel free to use our Amazon link to buy, to do your shopping at Amazon.com. Or just share this. This is the best way. Really, it's it's the best way is to share this with your friends. Give us a rating on, on uh, iTunes or whatever uh, uh, podcast app you're listening to. Give us those five stars. We love that. Um, you know, or just give us a thumbs up as we post things, um, you know, at smallscalelife.com. And your feedback is always awesome, too. So that's how you help us grow. Let us know you're out there. I, I always appreciate it. And, uh, you know, we've got a lot of good stuff coming up once we get this basement project done. We're, we're approaching the end, which is really cool. And uh, I'll take you all on a tour of that. I've been taking tons of photos of it. I've got a ton. I've shared just a little bit. I want to kind of want to get this all done and wrap it all up and then show you. Uh, but uh, that's what we've been doing here at Small Scale Life. Sorry I wasn't around last week. It was hell week. <laughs> How was your week? But thanks, everybody. We're, uh, we'll be here at the house this weekend. Actually, we won't. We'll be uh, out and about gallivanting around. But uh, um, until we meet again, remember to learn, do, and grow. This is Tom from Small Scale Life, and we'll see you real soon. Take care, everybody. Mm-hmm.